Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. What you're holding in your hand right now is the word of life. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. Amen, everybody? 1 Corinthians 6, and verse number 19, it says this. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Amen, everybody? You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Would you just close that Bible and just hold your hands out like this and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to be with us. Matter of fact, would you just pray this prayer with me? Dear God, I'm here today to receive all you have for me. I open my mind and my heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. By the way, if you do not have a Bible, if you do not have a Bible, please take this one home with you. The one that's in your seat, take it with you. We want every home to have a hard copy of the scripture. Today, we continue a series that Pastor Chesney started last week called The Week. And matter, if you missed last Sunday, uh, you need to go back and listen to that. She did an awesome, awesome job. Amen, everybody. I'm so thankful for our staff at our church. They're, they're just wonderful people and, and just amazing talent that we have that God has blessed us with. And so we started off talking about the week before Jesus died on the cross and of course was a, resurrected on Sunday, on Easter Sunday. And so she talked to, she brought you through Palm Sunday. And today I'd like to take you into Monday and Tuesday of Jesus' journey. And what we're going to find out this, is that as Jesus was making his way, the reason that he was making his way into Jerusalem was because it was Passover. Now let me explain to you what Passover is. Passover was a celebration of all the Jewish people that they had done for hundreds of years and still have. And it was a celebration of when, what God done for the people, the Jewish people, when he was bringing them out of Egyptian bondage. They, the, the Jews had been, had been Egyptian slave, in Egyptian slavery for 400 years and God sent Moses. And Moses come in and Moses, God gave him the ability to do miracles in front of the leader called Pharaoh. And so Moses would do a, you know, do a sign from God that, that God was God and and that went on two or three, well, up to 10 times, 10 miracles. But the last one that, that God said, I'm going to do, if, if Pharaoh doesn't let my people go, is that a death angel is going to sweep through this whole country. And every, every firstborn is going to die. It'll be the firstborn of the, uh, of the livestock and the firstborn of the children. And, and, and Pharaoh would not heed the warning. They, he tried to warn him, but he wouldn't heed it. And so God said, in order for the people of Israel, in order for their children not to die or their firstborn animal or child not to die, is that they had to take blood from a lamb, a spotless lamb. They take the blood from that lamb and they were to 
mop it, put it over the doorpost of their home. And so right at the front door, they put that over the front door. And that night when the death angel come through the whole country, not one person who had that blood over the door, not one of them lost anything, their, their firstborn livestock or their child. But those who did not in the country lost their firstborn uh, son or daughter and their firstborn of livestock. And so the Jewish people marked that as Passover. It was a day that God's holy, that, that the death angel passed over them because the blood of the lamb was over the doorpost. I don't know about you, but it, maybe that didn't get you excited. It gets me a little excited because, because of Jesus Christ come and died on the cross for our sins that when, when it's our time to leave this world, we don't die. We go to heaven to be with God because the blood of Jesus Christ is over the doorpost of our heart. Amen, everybody? And so they're celebrating this as a great celebration. And every year the Jewish people come in. So that's what's happening now. So again, it's happening because God's timing. Remember, Jesus is going to die, and he's going to die right at the same time the Passover lamb would be sacrificed. And so, so Jesus is making his way in Jerusalem, and when he gets there, he begins to see things that, that alarm him. And so he begins to see things that, are, that alarm him. And so this, what I wanted you to know today, the title of the message and what, we, what I want to teach you today is this, is stop the traffic. Stop the traffic. That's what we want to do, is we want to stop the traffic because we see that there's a lot of hustle and bustle going on. And so let me give you the first thing. How do we stop the traffic? Number one is this. The first thing we do to stop the traffic is this, is that we remove what is distracting you from God. We have to remove what is distracting you from God. Look what happens when Jesus walks in and he sees this when he goes into Jerusalem. This is happening like on Monday and it'll go into Tuesday. It says, on reaching, on reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the, and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple court. Now, what I want you to know is this, is that you got to get a picture of the temple court. I know that we don't really understand what that is, but if you can imagine with me a mega church, a large, large campus, uh, and, there, and there would be uh, different areas of that campus where people would come in and, and begin to worship, like we'd have the big parking lot, but also like if there was a big road that would separate that, like a big breezeway between buildings. There was like that in the temple. There was a big, like a breezeway area, like a two-lane highway where people could walk through and they, could, they would walk, we was able to walk through one side of the temple to the other side and many people were using God's house as a shortcut just to get to the other side of the, of the, of the area. If they went around the temple, it would be like another quarter mile added to their journey. So a lot of people were just having foot traffic through the temple. Also, what was happening is that there were people that were set up out there that were, that were selling sacrifices to the people. And so these people were not the most honest people either, and they were upping the prices of the sacrifices. But what we see is this, is that God's house become like a shopping mall at Christmas time for us. Amen. It was like people were just doing, they were just going through the motions. It was just a lot of busyness happening. And Jesus steps into the moment and he stops the traffic. He says, my father's house was not meant to be this way. 
and it angered him. He turned the money table, the, uh, the, the, the money changers tables over and he stopped the traffic. And I want you to know today that in our lives, we have to stop the traffic. I want to tell you something. There's something that you don't know about me, but that is it, that I had, back when I was in about the sixth grade, I had something like this. Hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. Let me see if I can get this right here. When I was in about the sixth grade. Oh, yes. Come on. Here we go. When I was in the sixth grade, I was a patrolman, what we called it. That means just, it means a crossing guard, but we call it patrolman. And I was able, and I, once a week I would go in and I'd get my little sash, see? And they would send us out there at our school and I would go and be a crossing guard. Now, today we don't have any kids being a crossing guard. But back in our day, I guess we felt like we could sacrifice a few children. <laughs> We didn't pay nobody. We, our little town didn't pay nobody to be out there crossing. No, no, we had sixth graders out there. And I'm going to tell you something. On the day that I, on the day that I was uh, a crossing guard was the only day that I had any game. Because I had my swag on when I had my sash on. That's right. I was walked through the hallway. How you doing? You doing all right? Yeah, that's right. Because I had the authority and power because I was a crossing guard. And I remember going out there in, the, in, in that crossing area, and I had that authority because when those cars would come, I'd just put my hand out like that, and they stopped. I could stop traffic when I had my sash on. Also, teachers and principals had to stop because I had my sash on. They could not cross. Oh, and the bullies. Oh, it was my time to get the bullies back because when they wanted to cross, I said, stop. I make them wait a long time. <laughs> I had the power because if you, was a, if you was a patrolman, what they called us, if you was a patrolman, if anybody did anything, you just wrote their name down and you turned it into the principal. They got in trouble. I had the power. I was a crossing guard, everybody. And so, yeah, you don't, I mean, you don't know nothing about no crossing guard, but that's, I had power. And what I'm trying to tell you is that I had the ability to direct the traffic and, and stop the traffic. I had the power. And Jesus, when he went into the temple, he became the crossing guard. And he began to stop the traffic. And I'm telling you today that we have, the Bible says that we just read that verse that we just read. I put on your outline again. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says that you are the temple of God, everybody. And right now we got all this traffic going on. And today I, I've come to name you the crossing guard. I wish I had a sash for every one of you to wear today because you got to be the crossing guard in your own mind and your own heart. Amen, everybody? Because let me tell you something. There's so much stuff that is happening. And Jesus is saying, you're the temple of God. And right now there's a lot of traffic. And you, might, you say, Pastor Joe, what's the traffic? Well, I'll tell you what the traffic is. It's in our minds. There's so much stuff going on. And I don't know about you, but, I, you know, like my phone, it becomes a, a distraction in my life. How about you, everybody? Oh, I'm the only one that's got distractions. No, I, I can tell you there's been, there's been times where I, I've had to get up in a rush and I forget that I'm the crossing guard of my own life. 
And, and I get up in a rush and I think, okay, I got so much to do today. I got so much to do. And I'll, get, I'll go in there to my desk and my computer and I'll start working and I'll take my Bible, you know, and my Bible's sitting right over here and I should open it up. But there's been a day when I, I just put my phone on top of my Bible and instead of opening up my Bible, my phone's sitting there on top of my Bible. And, and you know what? I try to start working and, and all of a sudden I say, oh yeah, I got to get this done and I'm going to read the Bible. And then I, I'll start to, to, to be working and all of a sudden my phone's going and it's buzzing, buzzing, going off, you know. And then I, I think, oh, well, I got, you know, I need to read the Bible. And all of a sudden my phone's got this little chirp, 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 chirp. Let me know that I've got some emails coming in. And then I say, oh, I got to get to work. And all of a sudden I got this little ding, ding, social media. Oh, somebody's liked something that I put on social media. Oh, I got a ding every, woo! And all this stuff is going through my mind and is sitting on my Bible. And what I should do was put my Bible on top of my phone. Amen, everybody? See, the devil makes sure that we have distractions. But what I want to tell you is that you got to stop the traffic. Stop the traffic. Say that with me, everybody. Stop the traffic. Let's say it again. Stop the traffic. Become the crossing guard. Because the devil makes sure that we have distractions in our lives. You know, even, even in our church, it's amazing uh, how many phones go off in church service. Isn't that amazing, everybody? I just want to give you a reminder that, listen, don't be a tool of the devil. You know, make sure that your phone's on silent when you come into the house of God. Amen? Amen. And make sure in the morning time when you're going to get into God's Word that your phone's on silent just for a little while because you've got to stop the traffic. The same, Jesus would enter our lives just like he entered that temple and he would throw out our phones. Amen? Amen. He said, you've got to stop the traffic. And let me just say this to you. You know, you say, Pastor Jeff, why do we have such a good kids program at our church? I'll tell you why. We have excellent nurseries and kids program because we understand that not every little baby is interested in what I got to say. <laughs> you know that, that every, every baby is three months old is not interested in what I got to say. And so they're going to get disinterested, right? And so that's why we put the seats in the back back there. We say, hey, we want to make sure that these young mothers that are, are, they want to have their children with them can sit in the back. And that way, if the baby starts crying or gets disinterested, like they're going to, that they can make their way out and not be embarrassed. Isn't that awesome, everybody? And you know, I love babies, but you know, when they're in the church and they're going, somebody's going, goo, goo, gaga. Well, guess what happened? You're, you're goo goo gaga in that baby, but everybody else is watching you. And the person that God wanted to save that day got distracted and they missed the message. And so that's why we talk about, you know, we want, we want to make sure that I, we have great nurseries and we do. And so we want to encourage you to make sure, don't be a part of that. Amen. We got, let's say our words, stop the traffic. Let's say it. Stop the traffic, everybody. Stop the traffic. Okay. So I have a next step for you. It's on your connection card. And it simply says this. It says, I will identify what's hindering my spiritual growth and lay it down. And lay it down. You see that verse that I just had written on there for you. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And it simply says this. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sins that so easily entangle us. 
and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So it's up to us to stop the traffic. He said, lay it aside. You, I want to, you got to become the crossing guard of your own life. You have to stop the traffic, everybody. Stop the traffic. Okay, number two is this. The second thing I would tell you is this, we're going to stop the traffic is stop being deceived by the crowd. Stop being deceived by the crowd. Stop the traffic, everybody. Jesus walks in, look what he says about this. As he turned over the tables, he began to teach, he said this. As he taught them, he said, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it what, everybody? A den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for ways to kill him for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. Now, like I was saying to you earlier, got to get the picture that Jesus walks into the temple and he sees all these people buying and selling. And again, it's all about business. You know, Passover was to be a holy day, but they turned it into a holiday. You see, the difference is a holy day is a day that's focused on God. A holiday is a day that's focused on you. Matter of fact, uh, our British friends call vacation holiday. In other words, the time where I'm going to celebrate me, it's all about me. And so they had taken that day and changed it. And these money, these people were exchanging, uh, selling sacrifices. They were taking advantage of people. And Jesus said, stop it. Stop the traffic, everybody. Stop the traffic. And he began to look at them and say to them that my house was called to be a house of prayer. And what I want you to know is this, is that what had happened in Jesus' day is the same thing that's happening today. The people of the world that were ungodly people were selling them items and telling them how to worship God. Did you hear that, everybody? The people that were ungodly were doing business in God's house and selling them sacrifices in order to instruct them as to how to work God, to worship God. When the church allows the world to tell us how to worship, we're in trouble. Amen, everybody? And, and, and listen, the world is trying to tell us right now, it doesn't matter what this book says, we say that this is politically correct and this is what you should do so that no one's offended. Let me tell you something, my friend. It doesn't matter what the world says. It always matters what God says. And we can never allow the world to come into our lives and tell us how to worship our God. Amen? We got to stop the traffic, everybody. Stop the traffic. We got to stop the traffic because we'll be deceived. And that's exactly what it was, the point it was all about. Point number two is about being deceived. Stop being deceived by the crowd. It's amazing to me how the, this deception has been going on so long. Matter of fact, in Genesis, we see the story of deception. And that is when Adam and Eve, you know, were, they were in the garden and God put that one tree right in the middle of the garden and said, listen, you can have all, everything here. Just don't touch this one tree. And what did the devil do? He comes whispering to them both. And we get the account of what he said to Eve. And it's the same thing the devil is saying to all of us today. He said this. In Genesis 3 and 4, the devil said, you will not surely what, everybody? You'll not surely die. The serpent said to the woman. The problem is this, that's exactly the lie that we're being told today. 
if you do the sin, if you do what you want to do, no matter what God says, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. Don't worry about it. It'll be all right. You will not surely die. Nothing will happen. And the same thing the devil said to her, that God just is hiding something from you. There's something better on the other side of that sin. That's exactly what the devil says today. There's something better on the other side of that sin. And what I want you to know is this, is that Adam and Eve, the death that they died was their relationship with God got severed. And what I want you to know is this, is that long as you're living in sin, you can never be the real you. Do you understand that, everybody? That sin hurts you, it affects you. You can never be the person that you want to be or the person God created you to be as long as you're living in sin. Because sin kills. It kills relationships. It kills families. Sin kills. The Bible says this in Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. That's what it costs you. Something's going to die. When you sin, something dies. Something dies when you live in sin. And so today, I just want to challenge you. The gift of God is eternal life. And that's why we have to have Jesus. Because our body left alone, without Jesus living in our life, we will give, so we'll give our end to the sin and we will do the things that are not right. And when we do that, it hurts us. That's why God hates sin, everybody. Because it hurts you. You're the one. And if, you have, if you're a parent here today, you understand that, that you don't, want, you don't want anything to hurt your child. And when your child goes up and the stove is on and it's hot and they reach up and they're about to touch the hot stove with their hand, you'll do everything in your power to pull their hand back because it's going to hurt them. And that's exactly what sin does. And so that's why we have to have Jesus Christ living in our life so by the power of his spirit, he can tell us when we're about to do something wrong. Amen? I thank God for the Holy Spirit. How about you, amen? amen? I thank God for the Holy Spirit because if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I'd be in a mess right now. I thank God every time he speaks up, I say, Jeff, don't do that. Because I would do it. Let me just say this to you. If you're in this room now or you're watching online and you're not a follower of Jesus, oh, you, you say, Pastor Jeff, I believe in him. Well, listen, believing him is not enough because the devil believes in him. He knows he's real. But what, what makes the difference when you choose, say, I'm going to make you the Lord in my life. I want to follow you, your ways. So let's pray right now. Would you bow your heads? And if you're in the room or watching online and, and you're not a follower of Jesus, you just invite him into your life. Let's pray. So you can say this prayer after me, not even out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I repent. I turn from my ways to your way. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Amen. Amen, everybody. Let's give God a hand for all the people that prayed that prayer. Those of you that prayed the prayer in the room, just check the box on the card that said, I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower. And those of you online, we have, uh, if you're on our app, we have this as well that you can check as well to let us know. And the reason we want you to do this is so that we can send you something in the mail that will help you on your spiritual journey. I want you to grow spiritually, everybody. So please do that. All right. So what are we saying? What are we saying, everybody? Stop the traffic. Let's say it again. 
Stop the traffic. That's right. So you're all patrolmen right now of your own life. You're the patrolman. You've got to stop the traffic. The third thing I would tell you is this, is replace your doubts with faith in God. Replace your doubts with faith in God. Look what Jesus says. Or he went on it's the next morning. So it would be take you into Tuesday. It says, in the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from its roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. And look what he says. Would you read these next four words out loud with me? Ready? Have faith in God. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Now, let me explain this to you. On the way in, Jesus was going to get a fig off a tree and it had leaves on the tree, which means the fig should have been growing. It had none, so Jesus cursed the tree. And what he was trying to say, that our life should be fruitful. But Peter didn't understand that. And so he got a little confused. And what Jesus said to him, as soon as he asked him, hey, what about this tree? Jesus said something powerful. He said, have faith in God. In other words, there's going to be things that you're going to, in your journey, in your spiritual life, that you're not going to understand. Reading the Bible, you're not going to understand. Why did God do this? Why did, this, uh, did God allow this to happen? And there's going to be so many things in your life that's going to come that way. And you're going to be tempted to have doubts. And Jesus said, in those moments and those things that you don't understand, just have faith in God. Amen, everybody? And let me just tell you something. All of God's children have doubts. All of God's children have doubts. All of us. There's not one of us that don't have doubts from time to time. Amen. Every, am I the only one? No, no, no. Listen, take your little halo off and put it under the seat. All of God's children. You, you know, you may not ever have a pastor tell you that, but I'm going to be straight up transparent with you. We all do. Every human being does. And so what I want you to know is this. So you say, Pastor Jeff, I have doubts. So what do I do with my doubts? I'll tell you what you do is you let your faith become greater than your doubts. How do you do that? You believe in your heart. How do you believe in your heart? Believing in your heart is this, is that you, that even when your mind says it cannot happen, there's no way that it can happen, you still keep praying and asking God for it. Did you hear that, everybody? You say, well, I feel like I don't have any faith and I don't feel like, I feel like I'm just going through the motions. That's all right. You just keep going through the motions. You just keep, you keep going before God. And you, even though your mind says, oh, you prayed about this and it can't ever happen. You say no from your heart. You just keep asking God for it. You just keep stepping out, praying in faith. And it may feel fake and phony at times. It don't matter what it feels like. It's not about a feeling. It's about faith. And it's letting what's inside of your heart overrule your mind and say, I'm going to believe God. Amen. This is faith. We have to stop the traffic, everybody, because doubt will come flooding in and we have to stop it. And how do we stop it? From believing in our heart and declaring what's in our heart and not what's in our minds. Amen, everybody. We have to stop the traffic. Have to stop the traffic. Mark, Mark 9 and 23. Look what it says. Jesus said, anything is possible if a person, what, everybody? Believes. If a person believes. I believe that. You know, I believe that. I just believe the Bible. 
I believe God still does miracles, everybody. I believe that he still heals and delivers and sets free. I believe he changes lives. I believe he's, I believe he's still the hope for our world. I believe he still calls children that are wayward home. I believe that he, he still heals bodies. I just believe he restores marriages. I just believe he's working and he's alive and that he can do what he says he can do. I believe that. I believe that. There's a young man in our church. His name is Garrett Walker. This is his picture. Garrett's a young man. He's a college student. And over the last month, what you don't know is that he's been diagnosed with cancer. Two doctors have confirmed he has cancer. One says lymphoma. The other says leukemia. They sent him and had a PET scan done and the doctor this week met with him Thursday. Come back in with a chart. And he says, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is, as I walked in with this chart, before I opened your chart and I was I was prepared to tell you to go have a biopsy and we're going to see to what degree you have cancer. But when I opened up your chart after you had a PET scan, I can tell you that there's not one trace of cancer in your body. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! He said, the bad news is this. I can't tell you what was going on with you. And his mother said, Doctor, we've had a lot of people praying for him. And that doctor right there said, It works, it works, it works. Because this is what I saw before. And it's not here. You don't even have any swollen glands. Because God is the miracle worker, everybody. Some of you don't know, some of you do. This week's been a very difficult week for me. I carried my dad to the hospital Wednesday. He has congestive heart failure. I was called Friday by my sister that the nurses told her that if we were gonna see him, we need to get over there. So I went, we went to the hospital and saw my dad. And then yesterday I went back because my dad wants to know what the doctors are saying. And what they're saying is this. We've done all we can do for you. We want to put you in hospice care. Have you ever had to tell someone they're dying? It's probably one of the hardest things I've done is had to go and look my dad in the eye and give him the report of the doctors. And just be transparent with you. So if I seem a little off my game today, that's probably it. As I looked my dad in the face and the 
no one was in the room and I said dad I know you're asking he's been asking what the doctors say I said dad I got to tell you the doctors say your heart's failing you have heart failure you said well I, I assume that I said dad they're saying that there's nothing else they can do for you and they're they want to put you in hospice care I'm going to tell you what faith is. My dad looked at me and said, Son, if it's my time to go, I'm ready. But he said, You know what, son? I never have trusted doctors. I've always trusted God. He said, I've always trusted God. And he said, You know, son, he said, God can change things just like that. And so I'm going to be here until long as he wants me here. And I just believe in him, son. I thank you for telling me. I sure do thank you. But son, I don't feel like I'm going to die. So anyways, I'm going to trust the one whom I believed. No matter what they say. Now friends, that's what faith is. No matter what the world says, no matter what anybody says to you, it's what's in your heart. And my dad said, listen, if it's my time, I'm ready, but I'm just going to trust him. He said, Jeff, I'm just going to keep trusting him. I'll either trust him and live or I'll trust him and live. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to trust him. And I just want to tell you today, I don't know what you're going through today, but I, I'm here to tell you today that God's alive and he's well and he's a miracle working God. You know, maybe he's going to do the miracle for you like he does Garrett. And may, or maybe he's going to be the miracle worker like he's been for my dad. He's just going to give you something to hold on to and to trust. Your circumstances may not be changing, but on the inside, your heart is growing and you're believing that God's got you no matter what. Even though you walk through the fire, that God God is with you. When you walk through the flood, God is with you. When you walk in the, and come into the midnight hour, that God is with you. That he never leaves you, nor forsakes you. He'll go with you all the way to the end. No, you can, you can take my health, but you can't take my God. You can take my money, but you can't take my God. You can take everything from it, but I've got God inside of me. And I will go with God. Amen, everybody. God Almighty, come on, stand with us, everybody. You can't have my faith. You can't have my faith. The traffic's got to stop, everybody. I got to stop the traffic and realize that God is in control. It doesn't matter what the world's doing. It doesn't matter what your family's doing. It doesn't matter. God's in control. And Jesus said, stop the traffic. Today, today's a day of miracles, signs and wonders. We believe that. And so today I want to offer you the opportunity to stop the traffic. And I want to offer you the opportunity to release your faith. No matter what your mind says, that my heart says that God's still God. And everything's possible. Amen? To those that believe. And so today, as they begin to sing, I'm going to invite you to come. And we're going to say a prayer together. We're going to believe in faith that God's going to do miracles. 
It may be your family. It may be your health. I don't know. But any need that you have, I just want you to release, stop the traffic and release your faith in God. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.